0: Welcome to the Authors Who Lead podcast. This podcast is dedicated to you, people who want to be inspired by authors, leaders, and the messages they share. This is such an important podcast to us because we help uncover what goes on behind the scenes when authors are writing their book. We talk about the process. We talk about where they get big ideas, and you can listen in on those conversations. We can't wait for you to join us. So let's get started. Hey everybody, Asul us here in another episode of Authors Who Lead. So thrilled today to have someone who I'm considering a friend, Tim Church. He's he's a clinical pharmacy specialist in primary care at the West Palm Beach VA Medical Center. We also did his postgraduate training and received his doctorate of pharmacy from Northeast Ohio Medical University. And his practice, which is really around disease management, he focuses on uh, specifically diabetes, which is a really interesting topic in general. He's uh you know written a book on this topic as well called When Eating Right Isn't Enough. He's also has a podcast. He also helps other pharmacists kind of grow in their ability to do so many different things. One of his books called uh, Seven Figure Pharmacist: How to Maximize Your Income, Eliminate Debt, and Create Wealth. But the book we're going to be talking about today is really exciting because he's going to help you figure out how do I get rid of all of this debt that I acquired as a pharmacist. The Pharmacist Guide to Conquering Student Loans. So many people have loans now. Who are coming out of school. So this will be an interesting conversation. Let's welcome Tim to the show. Tim, welcome.
1: Thank you, Zul. Yeah. So what was really
0: great is that we have a mutual friend that kind of connected us, which is always nice because you know I take those connections uh, with a great pride because one great person usually leads to another and that is obviously true with you. And then I heard about your book project and you were publishing this book and I thought, well, that's a great, <laughs> that's a big need. Uh, obviously, you're filling a big need for people to get out of pharmacy school with these not just tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, which is incredible if they didn't get out of their undergrad without debt. like They're just accumulating more and more. And so you wrote a book to help pharmacists. Tell me why, why this book, why, why pharmacy? And I know a lot about it because I've read your book, but let's help the readers understand why you chose to write a book about getting other pharmacists out of debt.
1: Sure. So I think you got to step back a little bit. When I graduated in 2011, I was in a position where I really didn't know what to do with my student loans or finances in general. It was kinda like, Hey, you've got your degree now, you know, you'll figure it out. You're gonna be making a a decent income, so you'll be fine. So it's pretty much kind of where I was. So really it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. And at the time I really wasn't prepared to with all of the strategies that were available, to me in my mind, it was kinda like, Okay, you've got debt, you pay it off when you can, the faster the better. But the reality is when you're dealing with hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, so pharmacists will average about $170,000 is the amount that they would borrow to get through school. And then obviously, like you said, if they have undergrad debt as well, that would add on top of that. But The reality is there's a lot of forgiveness programs. There's many different ways you can tackle that. And it's very, very important to know what those options are because one mistake, as I mentioned in the introduction of my book, really can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars because it's not as simple as, okay, you have debt, pay it off. But how do you get tactical about that? Looking at all those different strategies, how do you save the most money, even if it takes you a little bit longer than you could otherwise pay it off on your own?
0: Right. So you mentioned another author's book who you read, who started making the wheels turn about solving this problem in a different way, rather than say, I'll just force as much money down into this debt to pay it off as possible. What were some of those early books? Because I know that all of us authors get inspiration from other authors that really started to open up your mind.
1: Yeah. So when I graduated from pharmacy school, I took a, a long drive from Ohio to Florida as I was moving down here, and I thought it was a one-year journey, ended up being now almost ten years. <laughs> but, but that's how it works out. But one of my cousins sent me a CD. If anybody knows what those are, uh, <laughs> but basically it was the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And as I was listening to that, it just like transformed and opened up so many different things for me because I really didn't have a good handle on money. I didn't feel like my parents, friends, relatives really gave me a great foundation. So it was kind of like a new take, a new perspective on just how to manage money. And, you know, and part of that talks about student loan management. So that really kind of shaped some of my early thoughts and opinions about that, which mm-hmm. in general, he has so much great advice and great information. However, it's not really specific to the pharmacy professional and kind of going down that road of just knocking out debt as fast as possible is not necessarily always the best strategy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that that's probably true for any field that has a professional degree attached to it. Let's say nursing, teachers, oftentimes even uh, people who are in law enforcement who have a degree in their sciences. Because there are programs for forgiveness. Companies also offer forgiveness programs. Sometimes even if you're not in the industry like that, sometimes companies, one way they can incentivize and help you, maybe they can't do in salary, they can do some also some forgiveness. Talk a little bit about how that might work so that people get a sense of what that means when you talk about forgiveness.
1: Yeah. So even before forgiveness, I think there's even opportunities to get free money. And that's actually the best way to go about it is, is not even have to worry about making payments or making a certain amount of payments. But if you can get free money, I mean, that's the first thing to go. And what there are is there's a lot of government and military programs available for pharmacists. One is through the Veteran Affairs, which is where I still work. Unfortunately, their program was not available to me at the time that I was hired. But at different positions around the country, they have that. For example, the Indian Health Service has a program available for tuition reimbursement. There are programs through within the military. There's some with research, the National Institutes of Health. So those are really some very specific options that basically, just by working at one of these particular organizations or institutions, they're going to help you pay back your loans. That's really the only stipulation is that you continue to work for them. But then you have some of these other programs that are available specific to the federal student loan program. So one of the big ones, obviously, it's always in the news, and this isn't just specific to pharmacists, but other healthcare professionals, is the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. So that's something where if you make 120 qualified payments, so basically over 10 years, you make an income-driven repayment, as long as you're meeting all of those requirements that you're going to have your loans forgiven. And not only are they going to be forgiven after making those payments, but it's going to be tax free. So that's a huge deal. So in order to get that, you have to work for a qualified employer, which is a government entity, could be a nonprofit 501c3 company, or some other nonprofit companies will also qualify for that. So when you look at the math and you do that, it's such a huge strategy because you're literally getting tax-free forgiveness, whatever is left over, and you only have to make income-driven repayments throughout the time. So really, that's a big one. And then the other one that's kind of less known that not everybody knows about is there's something, there's really no term for it, but I, just, I call it non-PSLF forgiveness. So basically, if you have federal loans and you make qualified payments for 20 to 25 years, depending on the specific repayment plan, is that you actually will get forgiveness on the remainder after those 20 to 25 years. But the big caveat is that whatever that amount forgiven, you're on the hook for whatever your tax bill is. So that's a little Mm. bit different. But again, for somebody that has a huge debt to income ratio, like many pharmacists out there and other medical professionals, that sometimes can still be a a good strategy.
0: Okay. Let's talk a little bit about your ideas for writing the book. So obviously your podcast is aligned with this. You helped pharmacists not just pay off their debt, but do other things. Tell me how you're using this book as a strategy for growing your influence, growing your audience, building authority. And in which ways would you encourage authors, things you've done well and things you were like, oh, I would have done that differently.
1: Well, I think going back to 2015, when I wrote my first book, When Eating Right Isn't Enough, and that was completely different target audience. I was targeting Patients who have diabetes, you know, I look back at that project and I look back now and, and I definitely made a, a lot of mistakes along the way, mm-hmm. but at least that gave me a great foundation for getting started. I think that getting over those initial hurdles, the barriers that I call them to, to actually writing, once you kind of get over those, uh, can be an, a really incredible process along the way because you're only able to help so many people that you interact with either on a on a one-to-one basis whether that's face-to-face telephone or other modalities and being able to write a book is is a way to get your message out there to a lot greater number of people but as you mentioned I think it also is just the way to improve your own personal brand but also gives you more authority in that particular space so you know I think this book almost came pretty naturally because we did we were very successful with the first financial pharmacist book. So seven figure pharmacist that actually made, you know, very good revenue. It was very w- well received. And we had even a number of colleges buy the book in bulk and give it to their students. So that was great. So that to me was like a catalyst, like, okay, we did some things right here. Now, how do we replicate that model? And what are some other topics that are more specific? So even though we talked about student loans in that book, it's just such a big topic. And so many people, specifically pharmacists, this is an issue that more than 80% when they graduate are going to deal with. So it's definitely a problem. And we really wanted to just provide that solution. And I think that through the podcast episodes we've done, we've done a number of blog posts. I mean, I think we had so much content there. It was just a matter of putting it together and packaging in, in a way that could get somebody from, okay, here's my situation. I've got a lot of student loans. I'm not quite sure what to do. How can I get to a very tactical strategy that I'm going to feel confident about? Not And not only that, but how am I going to save the most money? And so it was kind of a more getting someone to get that transformation To the aha, okay, I'm not confused. I'm not as overwhelmed anymore because now I have a plan. And you know, like I said, I think I was listening one time to one of Russell Brunson's Facebook ads. One time, I mean, he's got probably like you know 4,700 going at any given (laughs) time. But he said something that was very interesting to me one time, and he said, you know, he was giving a talk at one of his Click Funnel or Funnelology, you know, meetings or something like that. And he said, You guys own any of my books? And they, everybody raised their hand and said, Yes. And he said, Well, then why are you here?
0: Mm.
1: And he basically said, You know, I, I'm giving the same information, but I'm just packaging it in a different way. And I think that really was a light bulb for me because even though we're using different means and modalities to deliver the message, we even tried a student loan course that a lot of people like the book format. They like that. It's very easy to follow, especially if you do it in a way that's very organized and kind of gets somebody from point A to point B.
0: Yeah. And I thought you did a great job with that. Like Each chapter is really clear. This is the objective. At the end, give a little summary and you move quickly through it. Most people who are busy or trying to deal with a problem-solve something don't want to spend their time sitting down thinking, okay, how long is this going to take? They want to be able to dive and get to work and find out if this is going to work for them. And I thought that the great, the great thing about your book is it does that really simply. If if I'm able to read it and understand it, I always feel like it's, it's doable. (laughs) I read lots of books and a lot of the books I read, sometimes I always get lost in them because they spend so much time that I don't ever get to what they're trying to teach me. So, and kudos to you for doing that. So tell about the launch strategy of the book. So, you know, you've, you wrote wrote the book, you're trying to get it out to the world. What are some of the ways you found that have been successful coming out of podcasts? Great way to kind of leverage an audience of somebody. But what are the other things you're doing? Obviously, you mentioned Russell Russell Brunson. I can say his name. I'm sure I can. Russell Brunson. And you (laughs) talk a little bit about, you know, he has a model for launching books. What is your strategy for this particular book?
1: That's a great question. And, you know, going back to seven figure just for a moment, you know, that one of the biggest things we were contemplating on is, you know, do we go Amazon route? for distribution. Do we do our own distribution? And we kind of went back and forth on that and we ultimately decided on doing our own distribution. And by doing that, we were able to develop different packages of the book. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had options where it was the book, we had some additional resources, and then some more even one-on-one packages. So I think that was we we followed that same model that we were going to do our own distribution because it is a very niche topic. We have a very specific audience and You know, a lot of those people are are within our community and we, and we know who they are. So it just kind of made sense to do it that way on this particular time, which is a little bit different is we did a one week pre-order sale essentially. And what we did was we, we utilized the podcast to do that. We used an email strategy to do that as well. And then of course, a lot of the social media platforms. And so that was really that was really a, a cool experience because we had never tried that before. So essentially, we we did for one week we put it on sale, and that actually helped us understand how many orders and how many books we'd have to order in the first place. So I thought that was a it was turned out to be a very good strategy. And then now we're we're basically uh, uh, looking to open it back up, you know, for for just taking regular orders at this point.
0: Great. Let's talk about something you, you said so that people understand the language. You said talk about distribution. Tell, tell us what you mean by that. So the people who are like new to authorship or not sure what that means. What, what do you mean, put it on Amazon or do your own distribution so that people can understand where you're coming
1: from? Sure. So obviously, if you're going to self-publish a book, meaning that you're taking the responsibility from taking it from vision to reality, then you have to decide, number one, who's, who's going to print the books or, or if you're going to do a physical copy but then where is your distribution going to go? And what I mean by that is are you going to use Amazon? It is probably one of the big is, is the biggest platform if you're going to sell books. Or are you going to use other distribution channels? I mean, it could even be in physical stores. I mean, could even be a, a possibility. Um, or are you confident enough in your own brand, in your own outreach, connections that you have with own influencers where you're going to essentially not only take the book from start to finish but then you're going to do all of your own distribution and and so you kind of have some of those options so the 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 upside of using Amazon is that that's a platform for buyers when people go to Amazon they're looking to buy however you you don't necessarily know who those people are all the time that are visiting Amazon versus somebody that would visit your website visit you in a Facebook group or one of your other social media channels. And so that's something obviously we we kept struggling with over and over and then it was more of okay, realistically, how do we get the logistics? Okay, if we're going to print our own books, so what we ended up doing was ordering author copies through Amazon. So we used Amazon specifically as a manufacturer of the paperback books that we did and then basically unpublished off Amazon so that we weren't going to sell there, at least initially, and then do our own distribution. So actually, my mom in Ohio has done the distribution for our books of seven figure, and then also for, for the launch strategy of this book. So that was a really interesting process. But I think there are a lot of benefits of doing that, because obviously, Amazon takes a lot of the royalties on every sale that, that you make, and you can actually come out a little bit better, depending on how much it costs for you to do your own distribution and for us it just kind of seemed to make sense that way.
0: Yeah. When you talk, so distribution means I'm putting I'm getting an order, I'm getting the book, putting it in the mail and sending it off. To make it simple for people. Um, are, are you doing a digital copy of this book so that people can then order it on other platforms like Amazon or Apple or Nook or something like this? When you're um, not doing it or are you staying completely on your own sites?
1: I think it's definitely something that we'll consider down the road, but because we know a lot of the influencers in the space and know have a lot of good, strong partnerships. I don't know that we necessarily have to use some of those broader channels that are out there, at least initially. But I think what we did, which was kind of nice with Seven Figure, is is we kind of did that for a couple of years, even, and then we decided to to put it out on Amazon. So now we kind of have orders that come through our own channels and then also through Amazon as well. So I think that eventually that that may be the case. And and obviously the the plan was that we were going to do an audiobook version of this right from the beginning, and that's kind of how I wrote the book in mind is being able to do that. But because of COVID, that, that has sort of put been on the brakes at the time being. But I, but I think that'll be a, an option as well.
0: Yeah. Audiobooks are a great way because people are buying subscription-based services where it's very little you know, cost because there's no shipping. There's only a cost of you know the transfer of files. And so, so many people are using audiobooks. They're the upswing and since people aren't the pain of paying for one, isn't this the option? It's just getting known. That's mm-hmm. when having a service. And if you serve as a publisher for something like the service that actually s- sends files to Audible, which also then partners with Amazon, which is ACX, you become their affiliate and you can get a $50 bounty for every new subscriber. And then you also give the book to free to that subscriber and they're happy And if they stay for 60 days, you get a bounty and then you also get the payment of your book. So each of these books can then be like $60 a book, which can be a really high value when you are thinking of busy pharmacists who might be driving in their car on a commute to a place they don't love and have debt. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a priority. And I kind of looked at, as you mentioned, you know, getting it on through ACX, I just got to schedule the time to get in the booth.
0: Yeah. That's always a challenge. Well, let's talk a little, before we kind of move forward here, let's talk a little bit about writing the book, what was your process in doing it? You came up with an idea. You said, hmm, I have a lot of content here. I want to get this into a book format. Obviously, some people make the mistake of grabbing a blog, dividing the blog into chapters and say, this is a book. It doesn't really work that way. It doesn't flow so well. Though the content might be good if it doesn't have the flow of a book, people will stop reading and not talk about it. And that's when the book starts, whether you have an audience or not, kind of can fall flat. Tell us a little bit about your book writing process. What, would it, what did you do to get, kind of get it in shape to get it into the book form?
1: So I think the key at first was just really getting that idea, what it was going to look like and and what form it was going to take with regards to the chapters themselves, but then what was the end result that we were looking for? So kind of beginning with the end in mind. And I guess one of the the fortunate things that we did, we actually did a, a student loan course that we put out a little over a year ago, and that really had all of the key elements that I wanted to put in the book. So it was kind of a matter of taking the videos that we had done, some of the, the workbook content, and just putting it in a, in a readable format and one that was going to flow very nicely in a book. And I also had an assistant that really helped as well. So she even got some of the content started. And then I kind of took more of a, an editor perspective on some of the beginning chapters. So that was really key in terms of just getting it, the project off the ground. I think one of the things that I did this time around, which was interesting, is throughout the whole process, I had somebody on our team read out loud all of the words. And what I found interesting about that, number one, for going for an audiobook format with a goal, obviously, that that is very helpful. But you find so many mistakes, and you realize things that sound good and and things that are, are not so good. So it's something that before sending to a copy editor I think was very helpful. So that was kind of the the initial process. We had a timeline set up and being very specific about these deadlines for me that was just key. It was like it wasn't getting done unless I had a deadline. Yeah. So I think great. the whole yeah, I think the whole process took this one took probably about 8 months to get the initial draft, but then I think what was really great is Contacted your team and having your team being a part of that, so once that draft was there and then saying, okay, here are all the steps to get it now from draft form to I'm ready to publish this, I'm ready to print the, the copy. And so, your team is very, very organized <laughs> and I just got to give you guys so much kudos because it took a lot of the stress away from number one, having somebody I could count on to be a great copy editor. And even elevate a lot of the chapters just to make it more enjoyable to read, and then also the interior design, which I will not recommend that to anybody to try to do that on your own.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is a special gift because it end up like a really nice word document if you're not careful. Um, <laughs> definitely, having someone professionally it out is really good. You did something. You said something that I recommend to authors is read your book out loud. Some people will. I tell them that, and they're like, "I'm no, like, no, no, I mean." Say the words out loud because, and it's even better if you can have someone else read it because you'll fix things in your mind that aren't there because they're your words. And you know how you want to say it when you're writing and then you'll fix them unknowingly. So sometimes it's great to have someone else read them and even be there present to fix. You're like, oh, t- stop, hang on, that's not, let's say this. And it's like, reread that. They're like, yep, that's better. Because it just solves so many problems. One, the auto book problem that you talked about. And then secondly, the idea of flow, your voice, tone, Those things are hard to hear in your head. So I really appreciate you, especially if you're not a professional writer and know what that sounds like. You've got to have that context. The last thing I want to say is anyone listening. So you might think, gosh, I really would love to write a book, but I just don't have time. Tim runs a successful podcast and a business. He's a full-time pharmacist. He's about to have a child uh, about the time of this airing, perhaps. Let's help people understand that it's about creating milestones, creating plans, creating deadlines and not living your head and just make those mistakes on the page. Would you agree that that's kind of how you have to do it if you're starting out? Your first book is not your best. You just got to accept that and keep going.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first book that I wrote, I didn't even break even on the cost to get it to completion. And and obviously that was a, a hit to my ego initially. But what I found is I read a book called Book Launch by Chandler Bolt, which mm-hmm. I think he, he might be one of your competitors, But so, but... Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, he, you know, what I realized after reading that is that you, know, you don't have to be somebody with a ton of authority necessarily or have done all these great things in order to be an author and to write, write a book. So in my mind, once those barriers about how to actually the process of getting it from start to finish, once that was gone, then for me, it was just a matter of, okay, how am I going to plan this? How am I going to organize it? When is it going to be complete? And like you said, having those deadlines in place. But yeah, when you have a full-time job and then you try to do these things on the side, you have to be very intentional about your time. And for me, I mean, I mean that's been the key.
0: Yeah, that's great. It makes it really simple when you break it down to parts and days and hours. And then one, you don't have to get overwhelmed because writing used to look like for me, I'd sit down at the computer, stare at the computer, go look research on the internet, come back, write three words, delete it all, Start over, reread what I wrote, and then I by the end of the day I'm zero words into what I started out to do. And then when you realize this is all about words, it's all about like taking steps forward. You get more clarity about how to do this. And then of course, you know the hardest part is having something to say. Do I have something to say? And then if I do, getting them on p- the page. So let's let's wind up here by you know if you could give advice to anybody thinking I'd like to write a book to help my business or just share what I know, what would be one piece of advice you give those people who are sitting there thinking? that maybe they might want to do this?
1: I think to me, I guess two things that come to mind is number one, you got to get over the fact that you don't think you're qualified to do that. So there's there's a quote by the great motivator, Les Brown. He said, somebody's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. So whatever you think other people think about your current situation, forget about it. And then I think just accepting failure as part of the process, meaning You may not sell a bunch of copies, especially with your first book or the way that you initially launch it or market it. So you just have to be okay with not reaching some of those markers of success you may think are there. So for me, when I look back, just getting a book published was more important than actually making money from it and knowing that. So I think if you do have a message and you want to share that message, you need to break down any barriers and any excuses. From as to why you can't do it. And then also at the same time, be okay with criticism and failure along the way.
0: Right. That's such great advice. Tim, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are excited about trying to write a book and maybe even some pharmacists out there listening, thinking, I have debt. He hit me in the nerve. Where would they learn more about you and to follow your work?
1: Yeah. The Best place to check out um, what I'm doing is on LinkedIn. So it's uh, Tim Church or Timothy Church. And you can also check out our website, yourfinancialpharmacist.com, where we have all our podcast episodes. And we talk uh, a lot about on the side hustle edition that I I host on the podcast. And we talk about people who have written books or have done other things to generate other streams of income.
0: That's great. Tim, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show and I look forward to more books from you. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening again to another episode of Authors Who Lead. We appreciate you being here and we hope you subscribe so you get this delivered to your device every week. And if you haven't left us a review, please do so. It really helps. And if you have a book in your heart, you've been wanting to write a book, please go to authorswholead.com and join us on this journey of becoming a published author.